This Magic the Gathering podcast and many more can be heard online at manadeprived.com slash podcasts. Leave a comment and tell us what you think. Roman Fusco, how the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Probably not as good as you. So, I was thinking at the end of our last episode here on the Ancestral Recall podcast, available weekly at com. <laughs> I was like making fun of you, and I was just like, what are you going to do tomorrow? Play Mardu? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, PPTQ, Mardu. Oh. And then I won the PPTQ the next day. You won the PPTQ the next day. Wow. I'd say I have egg all over my face, but this is basically radio. So even if <laughs> I did, no one would be able to see. In honor of your glorious victory <laughs> with the most creative deck. <laughs> Thankfully, no one was playing Marvel at that point, so I could... Uh... <laughs> no, so how many Marvels did you play against in that tournament? Zero. There how was many, one person playing it. How many zombies did you play against? Zero. Oh! <laughs> wow! I this, played against all, like, Marty matchups. Yeah, this sounds and, like a really I, competitive tournament you played in. Don't tell, me, don't tell me how big the tournament was. <laughs> Just put the emphasis... On the idea that you won the tournament, be like, I'm did. qualified for the RPTQ. And I'm qualified for the RPTQ now. Which you now have to pay for. <laughs> so you're qualified for that. Yeah. Emphasis on that. Don't bother me. And I played against zero zombies, also zero marvels. Marty! <laughs> so, but anyway, I did want to just, you know, eat some crow. Made fun of you at the end of the last Ancestral Recall podcast. It turns out you would in in like Flynn got got there with your heart of Kieran's got there with your Gideon's got there with do you have any you don't have any hasty muffins you had a glory bringer I somewhere? had it was in my sideboard so did you, I, did you attack people for four yeah and yeah and exerted it oh it was it was pretty it was pretty sweet I brought glory to myself you you brought glory <laughs> nice so that kind of stuff was was destructive like the riflery um and so I wanted to to pick an article that would celebrate this kind of a victory. Okay. So what are we, what are we uh, reading today? This is an article from November the 3rd, 2006. Star City Games Premium. The writer, Mike Flores, whoever that is. <laughs> Mike Flores. This is an article called Winner, Winner, Chicken Dinner. You seem really excited to read this article. It's a good article. Okay. All right. All right. You know your readers are all going to hit you. Asher Manning Podhacked, Friday, 1045 a.m. I am deep into the game. A New York Times bestseller thrust upon me by G.H. Weiss and others. The particular edition in my possession belongs to rabbits, who dumped some kind of gigantic trash bag full of the West Wing uh, seasons and mind control devices on top of me at the PTQ at Neutral Ground two weeks ago. Interlude. 
The PTQ at neutral ground two weeks ago was basically the toughest PTQ in human history. My deck was a monster, but required difficult decisions. It pained me to move Ith and Sacred Mesa to the sideboard. Most of my good white cards were enchantments, and seemingly all my white creatures were Kestrels. Kestrels are like uh, an Uktabi orangutan that kills an enchantment. Mm. Like a 2-2 flyer for three, which is great, but it kills an enchantment when it comes into play. Mm. So if all your good cards were enchantments and all your creatures were Kestrels, it's it's no bueno. (laughs) Anyway, I needed to play the copious removal of black, including Faceless Butcher, a card that some players would add to their decks Big Cheats style in its original block. First round, I had Satan. Yes, that's right. One of my good friends and one of the best players in the tournament. He ate Disintegrate both games. Second round, I had Chad Castell, who I started hanging out with for PT Charleston testing in the NAC. I played really well against Steve, and I played really well against Chad. Up a game in the second, I had answered his ephemeron and had one of my own in play, along with another 2-2 flyer. He was on three. I was on eight. Eight, huh? Physis it is. Game three was off the top for most of the game. I didn't hold on long enough. Chad made top eight. Do you know what Physis is? I don't remember what it is either, but I think it, like, <laughs> kills you and kills your creature if you have exactly eight life or something like that. Okay. Like some, <laughs> something like that. Third round, I had Zvi. Yes, that's Zvi. Now, I will never claim to be the tightest technical player, but I was running very well the first two rounds. Game one against V, I kept running. V was mana screwed. That's when it hit me. Don't let it hit you. Mercy. Mercy. Mercy is the silver bullet, wolf's bane, kryptonite, running water, holy water of magic players. Oh, it seems innocuous enough. It isn't. Never let the thought... I feel bad because my friend got mana screwed. Ever. Ever. Enter your vocabulary. In this match, that thought, that sliver of a thought, was the equivalent of tilt. That's funny. This this uh, this past weekend, uh, I played against a friend of mine at uh, Grand Prix Montreal. Um, we, you know, two New Yorkers game paired against each other in, like, round four. Uh, so he played a real virtuoso and passed. And so I go to my turn. Did he not add the energy? He, he didn't like he didn't mark it. He didn't say it. And he he goes, oh, and I have three energy at that no, point. You and I'm don't. like, judge. So you know, it was kind of it was an awkward situation because it's you know a friend of mine who I I met up with that at the tournament. But then, <laughs> so after the match, I was like, I would have done that to anyone. You know, he 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 understood, right? Um, so, um, Worth Wolpert was my first roommate on the Pro Tour. Mm. We came up through the same stores in the Cleveland, Ohio area. To this day, I mean, I called him last week, right? We're just jaw about the Cavs game. Uh, Worth is, uh, you know, ran Magic Online for years and has a Pro Tour top eight. Mm. But we would end up in the final eight against, you know, in the same final eights against each other in, uh, you know, local, you know, PTQs or thousand dollar tournaments or whatever fairly often because we were like two of the better players in in our geo region would include everywhere from like Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, you mm-hmm. know, 
So it was like us, Eric Lauer, guys like that were always playing against each other. But Worth was like an especial friend of mine, right? Because, you know, again, he looked, I was a kid coming up in the store. He was my first pro tour roommate. But I just sit across from him and we'd just look at each other and be like, tight rules, right? Like, and so I think that that's something that you can do. Like, tight rules is no take backs. Tight mm-hmm. rules. Is, and the thing is, when you do that and you just say it at the beginning of the match, like, there's no hurt feelings, right? Because if you and I sit down and I make that same mistake against you, like, I might have an expectation that I get my three energy. And I was like, come on, dude. Right? One of those things. But if we take the second to say, yo, you're my friend, but for the next 50 minutes, I'm going to try to rip your face off, right? (laughs) I will respect that out of you, and then I will expect the same, okay? And I just think it's a small thing you can do. Like, look, the next 50 minutes, I'm going to treat you like you're my worst enemy, Mm -hmm. and we're going to go back to being best friends. Is that okay with you? And then, you know, different people play different ways. You know, Ruel brothers play Ancestral Recall against people in the top eight of a standard tournament as a joke or like mulligan to zero, you know, stuff like that. And I think sometimes for tournaments where the outcome is is known or somebody's going to get a concession or something already, the rules are a little bit different. But what you're talking about is two people both want to win. The outcome is not certain and you might have some hurt feelings. It's way better to just sit down and be like, look at the guy in the eye and be like, tight rules. Mm-hmm. And then go back to whatever afterwards, right? Like, you know, you and I, we've played for fun. You know, we played in tournaments before, right? I, I don't know. I don't know how else you're supposed to do it, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, even I, I would just, you know, have a mental lapse and just be like, yes, give me my freaking energy. You know, stuff like that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he, he seemed like pretty visibly upset when it happened at first, right? But he's but, upset at himself, yeah. right? He's more upset at himself than he is for you for not letting him have it. But the problem is if you let him have it, now he's taking advantage of you. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. the... And, and he understood at the end of the match, you know, like we talked about it for a bit and he was totally, totally cool with it. Like, he, he understood. Yeah, so. I'm just saying, if it's your friend, yeah. just because the thing is, if it's somebody I don't know, I just... I dagger them. Every, why would yeah. you not? Yeah, of course, of course. Like, I just paid $75 to play in this tournament. Like, I don't owe you anything exactly. except for my best game and to uphold my side of the street, okay? That's yeah. what I owe you. Okay? It's so funny. Like, even uh, my little brother, who's, like, six years younger than, than I am, we play at, like, local FNMs when we're back home together. We play so serious against each other. We shuffle each other's decks, make sure, like, like it's... You know, daggers I, I was in a Grand Prix I scrub out a top 8 like I just barely I, I only lost to US national champion or better in the entire day too right okay. so I lost to Dennis Bentley's V Mashowitz and John Finkel to not make top 8 of this Grand Prix I was XO I was XO XO in games in day 1 ran my first table and then didn't win uh, and then didn't make top 8 right so we're like off the side and I'm just playing do you know what mental magic is mm-hmm. I'm just playing mental magic with Tony Sai. keep in mind 10 years later, I was best man at this guy's wedding. Okay? <laughs> playing Mental Magic, and he's just like, we're playing Mental Magic for $5. Okay? Just, just just keep it interesting, right? He's like, you're such an asshole. Right? And I just played Mental Magic so hard. Like, every single, like, oh, I'm just going to set this. I'm just going to grind this card out. You know, like, every Ooh. single thing. And it, it's just like, if you could get your fret, I was his best man 10 years later. Okay? And he's just like, ugh. Right? I wish I could channel that just any random tournament game. <laughs> just like, oh, it's every last 
gram of value. Anyway. Anyway. Game two, maybe I could have won. Who knows? I tossed three cards. Game three, Zvi legitimately got his draw. Maybe it shouldn't have gone to three. Mercy. Damn you, mercy. And that's how I went one-two drop with my Ephemeron suspending, removal heavy, disintegrate deck. And interlude. So anyway, it's Friday, and the game has resurrected some youthful memories of pre-married skirt dodging in my old bones. I am recounting one of infinite stories from my first years in New York, specifically contrasting my one-time easy-slash-natural approach, yet commensurately inept middle game and utterly... And sorry, an utter inability to close during the same epoch. This particular story was, I believe, Tuna's birthday party in 2000. Yes, Joshua. The summer we started hanging out. And don't think that you and Paul didn't ruin it all for me. My then one-itis, actually kind of a fake one-itis, and her boss, herself HB9, brought a go-go jansher, HB Dirty Blonde, to the party. And somehow at the bar, they ended up fighting over who had the better abs. HB Dirty Blonde ultimately conceded to the then one-itis, no bumps, but had more than sufficiently flat abs. HB Dirty Blonde and I ended up in the bathroom, and God bless it, I have no recollection why, (laughs) slash what pretense, only that I followed up on an abs check, but didn't come close to closing, not even number closing, and she ended up bouncing to some other club, presumably for a booty call with more or better game. HB9, who was like my older sister, but whose ship had various times bumped, not bumped, and brushed past my own on various <laughs> occasions in 99 and 2000, was alpha to both Ben One-Itis and HB Dirty Blonde. She instructed fervently that I follow HB Dirty Blonde or lose her forever. I'll save you the suspense. Never calling her until the end of the summer, traveling up and down the East Coast with Josh and Paul, I lost her forever. Oh, no. I reminded HB9 that thanks to a referral she gave me earlier that week for an illustrator, I was buying her drinks that night and could not leave. HB9 was both disappointed in me and quick to order a bottle of Dom. Cluelessly, I never stopped smiling. Blip, I am three-fourths into the lavatory abs check when Burger King IMs me. Burger King! Duck me. Me. Busy! Busy, fall. <laughs> Download Julian's deck from the Top 8 Magic podcast. Five minutes later, this Burger is, King. This is just Solar Pox. Me. Um, it's actually Karsten bought DI Rebuy because um Karsten made the Hawken engine and the deck rebuys DI Burger King. Shut up. You're not playing this, are you? Your deck is awful. Play this. Ship some deck. Me, uh okay, blip. Julian IMs me. Barn Julian, the InSync intern, aka Mother Superior the Fourth Truth Teller, Julian. I have a half day. We going to lunch? Me. I have this sick deck. Whatever it is, I'm in. I hate that solar pox anyway. 11.45 a.m. By now, we are adamant in our adoption of Burger King's deck. I am soft on blue-red white decks with no counters since Steve's deck in Charleston and the Chapin flag burner. Pat has been pushing me this style for weeks. All that remains is to spread angels among the group like herpes. Julian. Call Paul. Ring, ring, ring. Me. Are you with us or not? PJ. Of... Is that even a question? I was just, I was actually not expecting this call for four hours. Paul, unbeknownst to any, has no interest in SolarPox slash Karstenbot DI Rebuy and is looking for any reason to jump ship. Me, shut up. You have work to do. I'm coordinating cards from Satan. 
I had previously guilted Satan to two-hour trip out of his way to the deepest, darkest Brooklyn from Sarah Lawrence in Bronxville, New York, under the pretense that I deserved to win P.T. Charleston, and he let me down. No, I still don't understand why any of these people will even speak to me, especially Julian, whom I once forced to volcanic hammer himself when we first met. Oh, that's the guy. (laughs) I'll call the judge, or Paul, whom I ditched for teams three different times. Sadly, he kept making money and playing for day three without me. Yet somehow, I'm the best man at Paul's wedding, and all these people love me like their big brother. I guess big brothers are all assholes. But... You have to barn from Tony Sai. Also, Burger King's mana needs work. I'll need you to fix it. Too many pain lands. I'm thinking four Karoos. Paul has a magic, magic spreadsheet that makes Bravnica mana. No, I don't know how it works. If I did, I would be the one with the magic, magic spreadsheet. I just know that when I make a three-color deck's mana base and contrast it with Paul's or Johnny's, my deck doesn't even have the same signets or dual lands. 7 p.m. Some stuff has happened between lunchtime and dinner time, but none of it, as far as I can recall, has anything to do with Magic the Gathering. I meet Satan, Asher, and Mark Schmidt, Schmidthead, for dinner. We have Waldies. Waldies is like the best pizza you've ever had, but twice as good. No, I don't want your lip. I live in New York. Please, you'll have to trust me on this. Mark claims to have plans, but cannot escape the personal gravity of the black hole that is me. Even Julian, who had a family dinner is drawn to Waldies like a moth to soul. No, I have not yet tested the deck. Julian claims to have, but only against snow control. Schmidthead is reluctant to switch, even though along with Julian, we were three for three in the top eight last year, losing only to each other. Schmidthead's zoo deck will ultimately fail to follow up on his victory in the toughest PTQ in human history two weeks ago. Satan has clearly been practicing his P.T. Kobe routine in front of a mirror nonstop since the Pro Tour. His delivery is worthy of, well, me, and on a good day. He wants nothing more than to burst out all over the table Tucker Max style and has been threatening us with Japan stories over IM nonstop. Steve's account of the Gentleman's Club in Tokyo is nine trillion times funnier and more painful to hear than Kyle's version. As such, it cannot be reprinted here, even in part. Well done. 8 p.m. Asher decides he wants in. He burgles the cards he lent me for his own deck and goes on a trading rampage, closing the entire deck of obscure and expensive rares in 20 minutes. We test about three matchups, Solarpox, Rakdos, and Black-White Discard, and win them all easily. 11 p.m. I am rifling through the sea chest of ancient cards that serves as the coffee table in my living room. Battlestar Galactica Collaborators is on, but I switch the television off so as not to distract myself from finding the cards I need. Battlestar Galactica is among the finest hours currently broadcast on television slash YouTube. Saturday. Burger King says Grand Arbiter is not enough to beat Dragonstorm. He suggests Monoleak. Pliably enough, I'm down. So the girl... uh, This girl. This girl by Brian Kowal. Uh, creatures, four Court Husser, four Fire Main Angel, four Lightning Angel, four Sarah Avenger. Lands, two Island, two Plains, when Adakar wastes, three Boros Garrison, four Hollow Fountain, one Is Boilerworks, four Sacred Foundries, two, uh, two Steam Vents, four Flagstones of Trocare. 
attack spells, two Azorius Ignit, two Boros Ignit, one Confiscate, four Lightning Helix, four Compulsive Research, four Demon Fire, four Wrath of God, and our sideboard is three Fortune Thief, four Mana Leak, four Repeal, four Grand Arbiter Augustine. The fourth. The fourth, excuse me. So this is just a great example of, of me making completely different Ravnica mana than Paul or John. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I have no idea why there's one Adderkar waste in this, how we got to three Boros Garrison and one Is It Boiler Works, why there's a two and two, you know, halvesies on on, uh, on the Signets. I have no idea about any of that. I just played it. <laughs> played it and got credit, let's be honest. Main deck spells are 35-37 BKs. Land and two Azorius Signets belong to Paul. Sideboard is me with Mana Leaks from Burger King. Basically, it is Koal's deck with minor refinements in one of his best efforts since he put Dave Williams into his first PT Top 8, the earthly manifestation of Brian's soul. Analysis. The reason we decided to play this deck is simple. Like I said in Blunt, the format was not showing any edge. We certainly liked some decks more than others, Green-White, Karstenbot D.I. Rebuy, but even those decks had glaring holes. I was at the point where I had swallowed most of Luis's Kool-Aid after the second mock tournament and was nearly down for Son of a Beach House. I wanted to like Flagburner more than Brian's deck because Pat's arguments made so much sense, theoretically. Even more demon fires and not presenting targets. But Flagburner took a round one loss in 16 and was spotty against my blue-green deck in testing. I figured blue-green would be very popular. Koal assured us that his deck beat aggro with a close about 60-40 matchup against blue-green. I looked at the list and didn't see how it could ever lose to control. That left combo. Grand Arbiter beats Enduring Renewal outright. It makes life really, really difficult for Dragonstorm. They need 10, if not 11, actual mana in play to go off. The Koal deck is not the fastest beatdown deck, but an 11-turn clock? Doable. End analysis. Round 1, Sam. Space Stormy on the boards with mono-white control. Game 1, he is playing Paladin Envec, a 2-2 for 3. I am playing Sarah Avenger, a 3-3 for 2. I have the Miser's Confiscate, which was supposed to wait for Sacred Mesa, but I fire it for Story Circle to finish. He draws too many lands. Game 2. Sam draws not enough lands. I have the Miser's Confiscate for his Ivory Mask, and Tempo with Repeal on Story Circles. This matchup is pretty impossible if he gets his tools. He has several different kinds of problem permanents, Sacred Mesa, Ivory Mask, Story Circle, which all are enchantments, and I have basically one Confiscate to deal with everything he can possibly draw. Angel's got winner-winner because, as strong as his cards are in the matchup, non-blue control decks are incapable of regulating their draws. Definitely the matchup is better when I have four cantrip answers that can set up offense and demon fire, but Sam would have been in much better shape if he could have pitched extra land to compulsive research in game one or dug to it in game two. In broad terms, control matchups go like this. Blue versus multicolored, the deck with the most blue wins. Multicolored versus multicolored, the deck with the most colors wins. 1-0. Round 2. Derek with Dragonstorm. He seems a good man. He sticks around to watch me play through the finals. Game 1, I mull. He has two Lotuses on the play. Dragonstorm isn't actually that impossible if you think out the matchup. If all they have is Storm equals 4, you can Helix them to stay above water and then Wrath of God the team. They're usually so spent after pushing their resources for 9 mana and Storm equals 4 that you can recover and win before they reassemble a real offense. Sadly, this name, Derek had Storm equals 6 on turn 4. Game 2. I mull into 3rd turn Arbiter, but have to go to 18. That's okay. Helix puts me to 21. 
He can't assemble critical mass in time before my repeated three-mana lightning angels do it. Game three. I mana leak a seething song and buy some time with repeal and his it signets. Eventually, one of them peels me Grand Arbiter, and I buy a little time. I'm on the verge of losing every turn as the game drags, but in the end, I have UUU open and two or three leaks assembled, so there is probably margin. It feels close, though. Really close. 2-0. Round three. Michael with blue-green-white control. Michael beat Julian in round two with V2 Ghazi the City Tree and Mystic Enforcer. This is not a great matchup. They have a kind of non-interactive ine- inevitability with V2 Ghazi and a bigger man in Mystic Enforcer. And counters, where the blue-red-white mid-range deck has none. Meanwhile, Lockstone Hierarch is staving off the burn kill. Mm. Game one. I am the beatdown. He is slow to find Wrath of God, and I draw lands, two helixes, and three demon fires. Game two. He is ahead on card draw the whole game, but misses some land drops, so I know his grip is flush with void slimes. I drag it out, but should probably scoop instead of, get, of letting him kill me because it takes a while. As it is, I have fewer than ten minutes to take game three. Game three. I take nine trillion points on turn four when I have uh, to turn two signets with Is It Boilerworks, stranding mana. And then play up Hollowed Fountain and tap Edgar Wastes for white mana to run out two Sarah Avengers. I don't put him on Wrath, and I'm pretty sure he will have to condemn one, and the other will get in. This is what happens, and I know the Fireman is safe when he taps for Loxodon. Uh-oh! Circle of Protection red. I swing in Helix, Helix, Demon Fire through the circle like it's not even there. 3-0! Round 4, Evan with Blue White Control. Game 1. I have to respect the Urza's Factory. He stifles my early game and gets the 2-2 machine online. 2-2s? Really? Those are bigger than saps. I manage expectations with some wraths and start aiming the demon fires. McKenna points out I should have sent the first demon fire for X-3 because it bites a leak and I could have trished a card there. Second demon fire sticks. Third demon fire is off the top when I'm hellbent and sticks. But I think I could have won with the two fire mines and ten fire mains and ten mana anyway. Game two. Mana leak gets two angels of wrath. You go, sideboard! Demon fire is lethal through circle of protection red yet again. 4 Round 5, Zach with Zoo. Straight beatdown is deader than Dedersen. There is one Zoo and one Rakdos still in contention. Luckily, I draw the Zoo. Game 1. He, th- he wins the flip and has Kurt Ape into Watchwolf. I have Wrath, but he pummels me with Moldervine Cloak. He has, he has Burning Tree and dredges the Cloak. I put three consecutive Fireman Angels in front of it. At 8 mana, I will Wrath, play Lightning Angel, and be through the woods. Sadly, he has Char. Womp womp. Game two, I have repeal. Game three, checking, checking. Yep. Check, I still have repeal. Game one was anomalous. Had I won the flip, I probably would have taken it from 15 life. Zoo is this deck's good matchup, provided they don't have land destruction transformation. See Paul's match here. I will tend to bring in Mana Leak because angels can afford to play a little inefficiently just to make sure the opponent still has no chance. With repeals in the deck, there's just one more way to stave off early beats and an ace against Moldervine Cloak which can otherwise be a difficult card to deal with easily. 5-0. Round 6, Max with Solar Flare. Game 1. He got me with a decent Persecute, but I still should have won. All day I played sloppy on Fireman Angel points, and here, with Solar Flare as the matchup, the two I missed should have mattered least. Max untaps and plays a Chroma to deal me exactly 12 with uh, Despair and Hussar. If I had remembered those points, I could have untapped with 8 mana and play and run the Wrath with Max tapped and gained... Life to four out of an immediate danger with Lightning Helix. His remaining cards were the third Remand and Angel of Despair, but he had Negator Toadman play. This would have brought some Helix action, and at the end of turn, I'd be up six life, and he'd be down as many as seven permanents. But 
of the 16 or so fire main points I missed in the Swiss. Oh, my God, that's disgusting. <laughs> one of those two was the only one that really mattered. You can wah-wah again. Wah-wah-wah. Game two, Max gets me with essentially a four-for-one persecute early. I play for the demon fire kill under pressure, impress him for 12 or 14 life. Last turn, compulsive flips three mana sources. 5-1. Round seven, Douglas with green-white glare. Game one, he has a wicked start with Vine Lasher Kudzu and multiple Terramorphic Expanses and puts me to four. I have the Wrath just in time. Of course, I miss more fire main points. And the card advantage is enough. I buy a little time and end this one on 28. Game two, we play Attrition early and I hit Fortune Thief. Graciously, Douglas concedes. He has serrated arrows, but seeing only Fireman Angel in game one left them in the board. 6-1. Round eight, ID with Solar Flare. Thank God I am not pared down. <laughs> Six, one, and one. Top eight. Christian with uh, blue-black snow control. So, so, the other reason I picked this one, uh, in addition to your winning that PPTQ, because it's a winner-winner tournament report, mm-hmm. is Christian is none other than Pro Tour. Top eight competitor, Christian Colcano. It was great. I, that interview, uh, when he got in, I, I teared up. Yeah, I called, I called BDM after that, and I'm like, the first time I make Pro Tour Top 8, I'm not going to cry like that. And he's like, I will make you cry. <laughs> you will cry like a child. And I'm like, sweet. I'll cry like a child. That means I will have made Pro Tour Top 8. <laughs> so you see that he destined me. It was it was great to watch that, though. It was, you know, congrats to, to Christian, and a lot of hard work and effort paid off there. Of course we were. I mean, I'm, I... I thought Martin was going to come back in that match where he was like Superman screwed against mm. Kalkano because Kalkano had no pressure. I don't know if you watched the match. Mm. Anyway, top eight. Christian with black, blue, snow control. Christian is the only other neutral ground regular to make top eight. He is playing snow control, which is unplayably bad against Zoo. No aggro at the top tables. And a coin flip against me. We agree whoever wins this match must carry the banner for neutral ground. Julian tested with Christian on Friday and teaches me not to play mid-game Fireman Angel. It will just buy a draining lock. That will quickly prove impossible. But instead, to get it in the graveyard and slow play it on 10 mana. Fireman in the graveyard is what you want in this matchup. But a lot of the other cards are reasonable. For example, mid-game Sarah Avenger. You can't really avoid playing into the counterspell, so the goal is to just hit mana through the end game with your card draw. If you haven't played against Teferi, practice. Mm. But Teferi was a new card at this point. Game one. This one is super close. Basically, he is on three, and I'm on two, with two Vigilance blockers and a tapped, confiscated Draining Welk. I go for the Helix. He has the answer. I can't stack anything cleverly due to Teferi. He bounces or runums all my men, and Teferi puts me to minus one. Game two. I slow play the Fireman and grind it out. It takes much longer than the two seconds you took to read those nine words just now but you really don't want to hear about it. Game three. We play Attrition, and he has me covered 6-0 on cards. We are both developing, but I have two things going for me. Christian lets my signets hit, and even though he's got a scrying sheets or so, misses a couple of drops. Middle turns, he is up three compulsive researches to my one. He time walks me on 10 mana twice by aiming wipe away at Boros Garrison. It takes forever. But I have Fireman Angel, and he eventually, excruciatingly, has three life. End of turn. He flashes Mystical Teachings and gets Rhyme Feather Owl to ferry down. My turn, I draw a card spicy 
and swing. Predictably, he taps UU5 down to UU1 and crushes my angel with the owl mid-combat. I flip compulsive research and say, you might as well pack now, because I'm pretty sure there is a demon fire in the top three. It's third down. Top four. Jonathan with blue, red, white, fireman. Game one. He has me covered seven, if not eight, about three all game. I play only one compulsive research, but it deposits two fireman angels on turn three. I'm pretty sure I will win when he points his first demon fire at my lightning angel. I put him on three demon fires because he shows way too many think twice as remands and whispers in the muse to play four. I bait the next two out and slow play my rafts to buy time. I'm on 30 plus the whole game. Finally, I play the two compulsive researches in my hand on him. What? At the time, I thought this was the best match of magic I'd ever played. Really? Yeah, it's like it's like a short paragraph long, but like it's two super inevitable blue red white decks playing against each other with mm. no time limit. I played this match so well. Also, the match against Kulkano I played really well. Apparently, I missed a bazillion Fireman Angel points this tournament, <laughs> but um, this match I played. I I've written like many articles about different technical things that I did in this match that that mattered to me at the time. Anyway. Game two, he's slow on mana, and I get a pretty perfect distribution of my fire mains. All in all, Jonathan makes a great comeback tournament for a guy who has been out of it for five years. I guess I didn't say anything. Basically what happened was, because I slow played him, so he's just like casting all these think twices, right? Mm. And like whispers in the muse. And he has remand. If you look at my deck list, I don't have any of those cards in my deck list. So I realize when he makes those plays that he can't possibly have four demon fires in his deck. The only card that matters in this matchup is demon fire because the counter spells utter, uh, at some point don't matter because you can't counter a hell about demon fire anyway. Mm-hmm. So my whole strategy was just to get fireman angels down and then like uh, strategically get him to like waste his demon fire so that they're not making him win the game, right? So if you can remove a fireman angel from the game, that's good, right? Mm-hmm. It's not killing you. Yeah. So I just like slow play because he's just drawing all these extra cards. He's going to be ahead of me, but he can't kill me, right? So... We both have more than enough removal to stop everything in the other guy's deck, right? So I just slow played him the whole time and then decked him. So after game one, he's just like, shoot, Mike has four demon fires to my three, and that's the most important card. And I think he must have put me on the more controlling version because I decked him. So then he's just like sideboards to win like a grindy control game. But my deck is like three threes for two. Yeah. So I'm just like, guy, 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 guy. <laughs> and he's just like destroyed it. I won game two super fast. And... But game one was like the, the real grindy one. Yeah, but because like I, but I figured it like it's one of those things like you can't do that right now, because like, just if you were standing at like thirty feet away and you watched us playing, you'd be like, oh, blue red white on blue red white. You could pick a lot of the spells. Like we both had compulsive research. We both have lightning helix. We both have demon fire. We both have fireman angel. We know those are both of our decks, right? So you would have thought like this is a pretty mirrorous match. Mm-hmm. But, but when he played cards like Think Twice and Whispers in the Muse and Remand, I realized from the other side of the table this was not a mirrorish match. It only looks like a mirrorish match. And it, it caused me to adjust my play to win a 50-turn game. My objective was to win a 50-turn game from that point, right? I baited him with my Lightning Angel. Um, it's it's hard to do something like that now, right? Like Because you just... You can't like bait something and then you like, play yeah, When somebody casts like an... I, I, uh, I think in the Marvel mirrors, it's... I. So I played I played center this weekend you know, like a yeah uncommons or whatever and I played against blue or control twice which is like a really bad matchup for for Marvel but I think I played it in a way where and sideboard correctly where 
they were trying to and they had all the answers for for Marvel but I went on the tireless tracker just creature planning and killed them it's, it's, it's not about just having a transformative sideboard I'm saying like the guy plays a remand against me yeah okay like and he plays a think twice and I'm like I do the math and I'm like there are a lot of different paths I could take but if I try to win a 50 turn game I'm very likely to win right or I could try to exchange cards with him and lose a 30 turn because you're, you're more of a, the, the aggro like creature deck yeah, but I have to play in a way that like gets him to use the wrong you resource. Use, use the resources on on that that will win him the, the game later on. Yeah, to but kill now, my but... three four creature, right? So sure. like at the point that he uses, I'm like, he, there's no way he has four demon fires, right? You don't okay. have enough room for four demon fires in a deck that has these things. Yeah. So it's not even a question about how many demon fires you draw in distribution at a certain time period. He doesn't have four copies. That means that if he ever uses one or discards one to compulsive research or anything like that, he's down liter- like one way of, of, of there's in the game. Only four cards that ultimately matter in this matchup. If I can get him to waste it, then I'm going to win, right? So sure. It's, it's and I just I think that beautiful nuance of the game isn't currently present. Mm. That's that's the thing, right? Look, I, I don't think you approach very many matchups where you're like, oh, the correct path is for me to play exactly perfectly for the next forty turns, and then if I play perfectly for forty turns, I'll always win. Like, that's never occurred to you, right? The games just don't go that long, at least in the the decks I play. Yeah, like, my deck could win in six turns, too. It's just I chose to play it in this way. It, sure. It's. I think I, my point is that because everyone's got, like, three ones for for one mana now. The, they're so, so constricted, the turns, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Finals, let's go. Uh, top two, Greg with stock blue-green. Game one. I keep a hand that seems perfect with Lightning Angel and two Lightning Helixes, but no red. I have to play the control. He has an elephant token. I draw Is It Boilerworks. While my mana is mucked up, he sticks the cloak. Finally, I spring the wrath. He has a leak and flashes the call. It's more than enough. Game two. I have repeal the stall and lock the board for wrath. Game three. I still have repeal. He actually could have had me dead if I didn't block his call with my Lightning Angel. Luckily, I block... While it's no buy in game one, this matchup is close to ideal when you can swap in repeal. Lightning Angel is the perfect foil to call the herd, and Lightning Helix seems made for frying up the icy Oren Viper. Blue Green may be the control killer, but in this matchup, it has to contend with pure or better creatures, Lightning Helix, and the unknown. Greg finishes the tournament having lost only to this deck, me and Paul. Great job. So, I guess I move up one spot from last year when I should have been state champion. Yay me. I actually made the blue-green deck. That's the other thing. Uh, that was one of our... Back then, like, we cared so much about states. It was, like, the first big standard tournament of the year, like, when the new rotations would happen. Mm-hmm. And, like, like Pro Tour champions were, like, working on states decks. Like, OSIP and Patrick were my collaborators, you know, uh, to do this. So, you know, but, I don't know, we just... What was, like, the, the prize for states at the time? Um... Every year, except for the year I won, you had free entry into, like, all the tournaments for a year. But for some reason, they didn't have that prize my year. <laughs> but they had it the previous year when Julian won, and then they had it again the next year when, like, Asher or whoever won. But they just didn't have it my year. So what did you win? Not, I don't know, a plaque? <laughs> like, I don't know. I got to be in the Magic Invitation. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it's it's different. There weren't Star City Opens every week. Back. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think that from the perspective of somebody reading Magic articles, because there was also, like... Very little, like, not very little coverage. Like, I was in the booth at the time, right? I was literally the Pro Tour Color commentator at this point. Mm-hmm. So there were some matches, but only Sunday matches. Like, there'd be, like, three matches total, the entire Pro Tour. 
And so the whole culture of like watching streaming or watching people play matches live constantly every weekend didn't exist. So reading a tournament report of like a really well-written tournament report or interesting tournament report of somebody winning the state championships was probably from the perspective of the average consumer of magic media. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who today watches streaming or watches Star City Opens, the same as somebody winning the Pro Tour. Can you... No, yeah, yeah. Like I don't think there's very much differentiation at all. Like if you win states or you win the Pro Tour. Like that seems crazy to you, right? But seems hard to believe. <laughs> but the thing is, like, their exposure to like, what it. Sure. Think about some random person, right? Who's watching, who's watching events, but they're not close to events. Like, they don't play in mm-hmm. high level events themselves. Maybe they play in F and M. Do you think there's much difference to them if they if, if they were like one of the few people who's actually watching you win your regionals live, right? Which is a reasonably lucrative cash tournament, right? Like you won in the thousands, right? Yeah. Of money. In a tournament that had like 900 participants or something. It had 250. 200, whatever. <laughs> it had, I wish it had 900. You know, like, uh, it, it's the thing that's like, was what always bothered me. When I won the 5K in New York a few years back, uh, it was like sandwiched between Star City Opens. And the people who I beat in the top eight were like, Edgar Flores won every week on the Star City Open. That's who I beat in the finals. I beat Reed Duke. I beat... Uh, Dave Shields, who had won the most impressive Grand Prix of all time, like in like the last mm. three months, like my top sixteen of that was the most impressive run, like I could have gone through possibly, at a time when Magic Media, like video consumption of Magic Media, was like very high, but for whatever reason there was no video coverage, in it. so <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have won, right? If if I, if I had cameras on me, you know, I was been so so nervous or whatever instead of two owing everyone I played, mm. but like. It, it, but if you if you look at it like there weren't Grand Prix every weekend back then, but there were Star City events every weekend. So to just a consumer of Magic Media, maybe and, and Reed Duke had never played on the Pro Tour at this point. When I played him in the in the top eight, he had just qualified for his first Pro Tour. So if you just for just for uh, just context, I'm like, oh, congratulations, you made your first Pro Tour. Title. Yeah, because I read his Burn report. Like, not that many people knew who he was, right? Because Again, he had never made the pro tour yet. Uh, so, if you were like looking at at that point, you might think Edgar Flores or AJ Soccer or Drew Levin was like a bigger star than Seth Manfield or mm-hmm. you know Craig Wesco, like somebody who'd won a pro tour because you'd never seen that guy play, right? But you'd seen Edgar make fifteen top eights or something, you know? Like you're like, oh my gosh, Edgar Flores is he's the top of the world, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So my point being. Just the play that you would get if you were like a Star City premium writer at this point. Because there was, there's like three Pro Tours a year at this point, mm-hmm. and like not nearly the number of Grand Prix there are right now. So winning a tournament like States was like, oh my gosh, he's the state champion. <laughs> it was different. Like now, if you won States, is substantially less impressive than the regionals you won, right? Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. It was like 200 person tournament, like, but I didn't get any thousand dollars or whatever. The when Julian when Julian beat me in the finals the previous year he literally got free entry to every tournament for a year which is worth way more than whatever you won in uh in, in Catskill yeah, so anyway let's let's finish one more thing distraught over missing about half my fireman angel points I picked up a pen and held it in my right hand during the entirety of the top eight match as such I had to either write down my life total or actively put the pen down before drawing. I mixed only one fireman point the entire top eight, and it is the turn 
on the last turn of the semifinals that I was going to untap and win. I didn't think anyone would notice. But Paul did and wrote a brilliant summary. I actually thought Paul's article was one of the best crafted strategy articles in recent memory. Well written. One of the very few that can actually make someone better at magic. Sad to say, the vast majority of player, uh, ma- vast majority make players worse. Many times during the stressful quarterfinal and finals matchups, I recalled the paradoxical dilemma of Chris Pakula, of playing well and losing, of playing badly and mising. This time I played pretty well and mised. Props. Josh! Not Josh Rabbits for once, mana leaks. Everyone else who lent me cards, Tony, Steve, Dan, Julian, anyone I'm forgetting, all the other cards, Burger King, awesome deck, Catherine for letting me play, everyone else for not being bastards. Non-bastards, that is. Midnight. Asher, Julian, and I sit back to have some victory barbecue at Rub, Righteous Urban Barbecue. I have burnt-end dinner, charred fatty brisket tips. Asher has a short rack, and Julian, quintessential city child, orders cooked pastrami. It dawns on me that Julian plus Asher may have a smaller sum of years than my 30, and my jaw drops. I almost drop my fork. 32? Oh, thank God. This conversation becomes the backbone for Julian's application essay to USC. We finish with fried Oreos, don't tell my wife. Four come, and Julian mises the extra one after an orgy of rock, paper, scissors. Sunday. I inform Koal that the deck has already been named Star Spangled Flores, <laughs> without my consent. I beseech him for a better name to trump and substitute. His official entry is Untapped Ladies, which is just worse than his other nominee, Star Spangled Go Anon. I still vote for this girl. Monday. Per tradition, we feast on the ice cream cake of victory. It dawns on us that ice cream cake from Baskin Robbins is actually vile. We all finish our slices, at least those of us with quejones. Most of us just become actively sick, but not those of us with quejones. We do a draft, and I go 2-1 with Black Red, beating Julian, Mana Scrutins V, Mana Flooded, losing to Rich Fine. Rich 3-0s with Green. No, really. So v chuckles at the fact that because a legitimate deck designer played another deck designer's creation to victory, the actual designer will never and can never get proper credit. Sorry, Koal! He then asks me how I could throw away the 40 or so hours spent testing different decks, running mock tournaments, building, and tuning in favor of a last-minute audible. I give him the only response I can. I was right. Love, Mike. What did you think of Winner Winner Ch- Chicken Dinner? It's a nice little little story there of uh, one of your victories. Yeah. That's probably the last tournament I won. <laughs> 2006 or whatever. Last, like, big tournament. Just kidding. It's fucking, I don't know. I won a PPTQ or something since then. You, you won the RPTQ since then? I did. I won the RPTQ. I, mean, I won a 5K. I've won tournaments since 2006. Okay. So you've been in some of them. <laughs> All right. I've been, yeah, I've been to one of them. All right, it's a it's a nice little story. It, it's what it was interesting what you said about the the coverage of that uh, at that point in time. This is like a uh, it has all the action of like every single game pretty much, well like the play by play. Do people write tournament reports that are like interesting nowadays? Yeah. Not really. Not really. I, I so I wrote like a, a little quick one for for regionals. And I, 
I was just so sick that day that I was like, I, everything just went well. I played, I played pretty tight for the most part, but at, at the end of the night, I felt awful. Did you like my part in the beginning about like the bathrooms and that kind of stuff? Yeah. That's just in all my articles back then. I was like, oh my gosh! So I went to this party and there was this, this chef and this UN representative. I'm, they went to the bathroom to do coke. <laughs> I'm pretty sure and they're like, hey, hey, you guy, wait for us. What, what, uh, this... And I was like, instead, I left, I got a cab, and I read comic books all night. That's like a real <laughs> thing I put in an article. Like, literally, this, this woman was like a, I don't know, she was like a four-star chef, and her, like, best friend was like a UN representative. Mm-hmm. And I met them at this, like, rando, like, industry, like, TV industry party or whatever. And they're like, oh, we got to go do coke. <laughs> Be right back. And I was just like... Uh, and I told my friend I was going to leave. She's like, what are you going to do instead? Uh, the girl who had the better abs, actually, was the girl who invited me to the party. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know, read Fantastic Four. <laughs> I think I had, like, four comic books that I just bought in my messenger bag. And I was like, going home. No. <laughs> But those are actual details from my, what, what, from my writing I don't in know this would, this would fly on Star City Premium. <laughs> this was on Star City Premium. Well, I, know, I, I, said, I said nowadays, maybe. I don't know. They gave you special consideration. Maybe. I wrote, like, I don't know, as, as recently as the 2010s, right, which is the decade we're in yeah. right now, I wrote all kinds of stuff about, like, mind control and stuff like that. It's not the same as doing coke in the bathroom. I didn't do any coke. <laughs> These two women left yes, to do yes, coke. I've no, never no. done coke. Okay. I'm nothing I know of. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> no, it, somebody hands you like a, a steaming neon green vial. Who knows what's in it? <laughs> All right, it's it's a good one. It's it's a nice it's a refreshing little break from our kind of our serious our serious discussion discussions magic about magic. magic. I was just thinking just about the thing with Paul. Maybe we should just do. I, apparently, I really liked Paul's article. Maybe we should just do Paul's article. Yeah, we should. Paul, Paul's. Uh, oh, was that the one about putting the pen in the library for Fireman Angel? Yeah, he wrote a whole article about it, though. I think. Okay. I think that this isn't what I like, right? So, I, I think I, I think one thing to talk about would be that 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 one game you played in top eight. Yeah, with the the, the fifty turn one. If you have other, I, I I wrote a chapter of the official Miser's guide about it. Okay, well, we should uh, we should read so. that. I, I'm, I'm interested in looking back on that one. It's the best game of Magic you've ever played, apparently. At the point, I think it was probably the best game I'd ever played. But I think maybe those memories get like super magnified in your mind mm-hmm. based on the significance of the tournament you're in. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, if I hadn't won that states, maybe I wouldn't even have remembered that that game. Mm-hmm. But because I won, it has greater importance in my imagination. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I can tell you. When I won my first PTQ, um, I did this kind of unusual thing. I was playing a black-red Necropotence deck. And oh, yeah, we, we've talked about I Necroed to two. I think I had either one or two, right? Enough so I could tap my mana. So I had um, probably Sulphur Springs with my red source. And I Necroed up to a low life total to just kill my opponent with a Lightning Incinerate in my end step. Like, nobody acted this way then. So maybe that act was, like, incredibly innovative, right? Because, like, that wasn't an action that anyone knew how to use the cards to do at this point mm-hmm. um, so maybe that was the best game maybe just like I don't know maybe is there like a thing you did that no one's ever done before that's like really impressive does that make it the best game or do you just a sustained number of correct technical decisions is that the best game mm-hmm. I don't know um, John thinks I make a mistake a turn so 
Were you were you uh, there when um, I was? I played KYT at uh, New Jersey, Grand Prix, New Jersey for fun. I, I wasn't there. You told me. You so told me we about played it. for like an hour, and then John just stood over us and just like gave like he was the color commentator mm-hmm. <laughs> me against KYT. It was. Um, I could just excerpt. I, I think you told me that that John played you said you played uh, exceptionally Exceptional. well. No, he's like what? unbelievable. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you should. I can't even believe this. Maybe you should have done that at the Grand Prix and on the. Oh no, not exceptionally well. Like I would just, oh. would just accept the words. Like this is unbelievable. You made a mistake. <laughs> you made three consecutive wrong decisions in wow. one turn. Let's say stuff like that, and then he would just. He just gets upset because you know we've been playing together for years, right? And he's like, he's my friend. We hang out like not playing magic. He's just, I think it's torturous for him to watch someone who is intelligent in other, in other contexts play so much worse than he does. I don't know. I, I should should get good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll write that down. Okay. I should I should get good. You should. Uh... <laughs> you have to win a PPTQ now. Do I? Yeah. Do I have to play standard? What are we doing tomorrow? Are you leaving? I think I might play. I'm, I'm on a film shoot for the next, like, five days. I think I'm going to start playing F&M because they have these foil... The foil last gasps or what? Not whatever the hell is the call. Fatal push? Fatal That's not until September. Oh, so I shouldn't play No. F&M. You should play maybe an event that qualifies you for the RPTQ. Yeah, but I can easily play on Friday nights. But, but like, usually on Saturday and Sunday I hang out with my kids. Like, okay. my wife that, takes that, care of the kids fair. during the week. That's fair. I go to my job during the week. And okay. then on the weekends, I like take them so to, you should, know, the park, you should, the movies. You should plan out. Play in museums. Plan out a PPTQ. That you get one free day off. This is what I did last year. I sent my kids off to my parents' house for two <laughs> weeks. On the, during the two weekends that were free, I played in all the PT, PPTQs. And I won one of them. <laughs> that was what I did last year. I mean, I have to, like, set this stuff way ahead. Like, I, I, I do stuff like up. fly to Utah. Set it up. I, but now that you're, like, getting the same record as me and the same number of rounds, like, not flying to Utah, I think I'm not going to fly to Utah anymore. Because that doesn't sound like my tournament was any oh, easier. Well, we'll go to, uh, this, uh, at, it's in New Jersey, at, um, Top Deck Games is the one. No, no, I'm just saying this in terms of number of rounds. Yeah. Right? Like, we played the same number there's, of there's rounds. There's no difference because now they, they, even if the rounds were different, they scale based on attendance. Scale invites? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So if there's like... They always did, but they don't really scale fair. Well, the, the, now they do. So if you go to like a 20-person P, 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 RPTQ, only like one or two people qualify now instead of top four or whatever. Well, I don't know. So th- it, doesn't, it doesn't matter now. There's there's one right by my house in Jersey, so that's... How, how do you like do. the standard right now? You love it? Standard right now? Two weeks ago, you sent me a text message, I love standard, it's so great. How do you feel now? Uh, after winning a tournament and playing in a Grand Prix, I played. I've started picking up Marvel, and I like it. I, I I need to get good in the mirror, and hopefully, I can win enough matches in the what mirror. What does "good in the mirror" mean? I don't know. You know, well, if the, the game doesn't end on turn four with an Ulamog, it's so variance heavy. Sure. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I'm playing it, but like. Your answer is a sensor, really? Like, <laughs> what if they have five mana? <laughs> what if they have another it's not, Marvel? It's not gonna go go super well then for you. I think I told you to play blue red before the before the tournament. I was right. It's like the. Uh, it's all the, right. It's the hero we need. It's the hero we need. 
Maybe. I think it's the closest thing to the hero we I need think to I need to... I'm off I'm off from, from playing standard for a little bit. You know how many times you told me you're off from playing standard and then like, no, no, two no. days later, you're like, Mike, let's go to a standard tournament. Okay, fair. Like, I literally, like... I actually, okay. I, some I, doofuses I, who I don't even know their names subscribe me to all, like, the New York Magic Tournament groups on Facebook. So I'm friends with some of them. I don't even know who they are, right? So mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, they friend me on Facebook. They just add me to these groups, right? And it's just, like, some people I know are in the groups. And then they're all like, oh, we're playing here, we're testing, blah, blah, blah. So I get all these notifications. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to play tournaments for, for X amount of time. i got to work on this, this, and this. You're always in these groups going, like, who wants to test at Uncommons? Who wants to play on Friday at this store? Who wants to prank? Uh, I'm trying The to... number of times I've read in a, in a group I have never participated in, who wants to test at NYU on Friday afternoon from you... <laughs> Is not that's fair. Is not fair. in conformation fair, 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 fair. with okay, I am taking fine, this much fine, time out right, of playing right, Magic. Right. I actually might uh, <laughs> book a flight to Omaha. See, this sounds again. much more likely. They're like, oh, I'm off. I'm on a film shoot. Yeah. Well, uh, this weekend I'm on a film shoot. I can't go to a Magic tournament during that, but but right afterwards, right you'll afterwards go to Omaha. I might just like two days later. The same week, yeah. Yeah, go go to Omaha. Yeah, you're a degen, dude. <laughs> I'm a, a D-Gen uh, double PPTQ winner. 2X PPTQ winner. <laughs> 2X PPTQ winner. Is there just a oh, man. some... Oh, man. All right. Where's the Invitational? The Invitational is in Roanoke in oh. end of June. Forget about it. Why? You want a queue? Isn't there one in New Jersey? No, they're they're all in Roanoke now. Oh, really? Yeah. That's garbage. Did I ever tell you about when I wrote... I mean, I've road tripped to Roanoke a bunch of times back in my PP... It might not PP. My PTQ days. Like, I just, like, didn't make top eight in New York once, and I just called up my buddy who lived in D.C., and I'm like, I'm getting on a train. This is the time. We, you know. We got to figure out how to get down there. All right. Well, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Nice little little story for you. You're the winner, winner these days. Beep, 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 champion, Roman Fusco. Yeah, well, once, once, I have to win the RPTQ to, like, call myself a winner, I guess. Top four, it's all right. Okay, I'll you, not, not, not everyone can win the Sure, RPTQ. you can't actually win, but I'll, I'll top four. Oh, no, 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 I can, but not everyone can. <laughs> all right. So, uh, if you like this, or at least if you liked even part of it before, like, this whole <laughs> horrible part at the end, um, you know, subscribe. Uh, there's probably like you know Carrie Dan and KYT will put download on on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, subscribe on iTunes. And then like somebody left us a nice review on iTunes. So like if you put more reviews on iTunes, maybe KYT will like you know just take a liking to to Roman, just adopt him. You know maybe <laughs> build him a little annex in Canada where he can live <laughs> and just like you know. You know, go go to face to face during the week, and then play, go to play, different Canadian yeah. tournaments over the weekend. Go to all the Canadian opens. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think like KYT might build Roman like as a little, a little, <laughs> a little <laughs> apprentice standard all the time. Yeah, like in in Canada, right? Yeah. He might do that, but only if you subscribe, rate us really high. Please think of me and 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 write a nice review. If you like the podcast you know rate us five stars if you don't like the podcast just send me a nasty tweet it's alright I can take it alright all right, that's it alright bye see ya rate